0: And the newspapers suddenly get really full about a, a, a hot well in South Town where you could go and bathe in these warm waters pumped out of a well. And it basically would heal anything that ailed you. So um, this went on for a couple, several years. And, of course, there always were people that doubted the source of the hot spring or the hot well. And they finally pumped, <laughs> the guy was going to prove that it was real, and he, they had all the water pumped out, and they found a exhaust pipe coming from the nearby sawmill oh, no. boiler that was heating the well water.
1: The voice you just heard is Mr. Derek Scott, the president of the Chilton County Historical Society located in Clanton, Alabama. Stay tuned for much more interesting conversation about the society and Chilton County coming up on this episode of Preservation Oaks. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe. Welcome to another episode of Preservation Oaks. In this series, we introduce you to professionals from museums, cultural, genealogical, and historical societies across the United States. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the program. good day everyone this is sean radcliffe coming to you from salt lake city with another episode of preservation oaks the internationally syndicated original talk program on microstream radio where we feature interviews with professionals from museums cultural and heritage institutions historical and genealogical societies across the united states thanks for listening by the way our main platform is preservationoaks.podbean.com But we're also on almost every podcast platform, as well as TikTok, Odyssey, and YouTube. So wherever you listen to the program, I appreciate it very much when you like, comment, follow, and subscribe. We trust that people want to have a better understanding of these precious organizations. We make listeners aware of how the organization is supported, how each is unique to the communities they serve, what programs and events they currently have underway, and what services they offer to the public and their members. We think this information is vital for people to know how to work with these organizations and how important it is to join, support, volunteer with, and donate to one or more of these societies. Remember that your donations are tax-deductible, and many larger companies even match your donation, which is a great thing. Each guest organization on Preservation Oaks brings with them a truly unique perspective around how they tell the story of their communities how they continue to be relevant for the times in which we live and what kinds of exhibits and volunteer opportunities they've created. This makes listening to each episode of the program interesting, fun, and diverse. If you're listening and you'd like to be a guest on the program or if you have questions or comments about the program, spin off an email to preservationoaks at gmail.com. All right, that being said, let's get this show snapping. Our historical January events for this episode. On January 1st, 1908, The ball was first dropped at Times Square in New York City. On January 6, 1838, Samuel Morse demonstrated the telegraph, and on January 11, 1838, he and Alford Vail demonstrated the magnetic electric telegraph using Morse code. On January 14, 1784, the United States of America ratified a treaty with England, ending the Revolutionary War. On January 15th, 1943, the Pentagon opened. It's the world's largest office building at 6.5 million square feet. Be prepared, listeners. They're probably going to need to build a new Pentagon sometime soon. On January 24th, 1935, beer was first sold in cans. Thanks to HolidayInsights.com for the January events. Drink a little tea, Twining's tea. Ah, that's good tea. Now, you can email us anytime at preservationoaks at gmail.com. Preservation Oaks is available for listeners on nearly all podcast platforms, as well as TikTok, Facebook, Odyssey, and YouTube. For this episode, we greet Derek Scott, the president of the Chilton County Historical Society located in Clanton, Alabama. This great society has a lot of records online and accessible via their website. They have several historical books about the county and its people for sale. They have a great project underway that will help the community, their members, and anyone researching their family roots in Chilton County, Alabama. We'll hear about these topics and more on this episode. If you're a resident in the local area, this episode will help you understand what the Society has to offer, how you can participate and take advantage of the worthwhile events the Society sponsors, and how to best support them by volunteering and donating. Here's a brief biography of our guest, Mr. Derek Scott. Derek is an electrical engineer with a BS MSEE from the University of Alabama. He worked for the U.S. government and then, along with his wife, started one of the first internet service providers in central Alabama in 1994, and that was called Scott.net. After that business was sold, Derek began working for a Fortune 500 banking company providing information technology systems administration support and systems programming. His interest in genealogy began some 30-plus years back, and he used the Root L intranet mailing list. His interest in genealogy peaked with an interest in gathering all the family photos he could from his relatives. His collection evolved into gathering photos about the local area of Chilton County, Alabama. He joined the local genealogical society and the historical society and has now been president of the Chilton County Historical Society since 2016. The two largest projects he's managed thus far were the 2018 County Sesquicentennial and the current project where they're trying to digitize all of the newspapers from Chilton County. Welcome to the program, Derek.
0: Thank you. Good to be here.
1: Hey, you know, you have a beautiful area of the country with a lot of history. I, I really love Clanton. Uh, I haven't been through the whole county, but Clanton is a nice town. Very well kept. Great parks, recreation. It's really cool.
0: Yes, yes, it is. Do
1: you guys get winter with snow?
0: Practically never. We'll get snow. a good get snow um, once every 10 years. Flurries and a little dusting maybe every year.
1: Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. Do you have a tourist season?
0: Not particularly. This is a peach county, so peach season. Uh, summertime, a lot of people stop.
1: Oh, right, because you have a peach festival.
0: That's right. That's our big event of the year, Chilton County Peach Festival. And peach queens, and all that.
1: Now, is there a canning facility for peaches in the county?
0: No, it's basically all fresh. It's, of course, consumed locally and shipped around the country and basically a fresh product.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. You must grow a lot of peaches.
0: We do. The county does. It's the number one county in the state for peach growing. Wow. Okay. By by far.
1: What about pecans? I know that pecans always kind of go with peaches. Do you grow those?
0: They grow well here. There are a few uh, orchards around. A lot of people have trees in their yard, but there are a couple of commercial orchards.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Wow, fresh peaches all summer long. That's great. So starting in early June
0: through literally September, there's usually peaches.
1: That must be so nice.
0: Those late ones, the August ones, are usually the best ones in my opinion. They're the, the, the sweetest and the, just a better peach variety in my opinion.
1: Now, did you go to school and grow up in Chilton County?
0: Yes, I did. Um, in Clanton, Chilton County High School was in Clanton. That's where I went for my high school.
1: And Clanton is the county seat.
0: That's right. Okay. Where the courthouse is and has always been, except for a, a few early years.
1: Okay, fantastic. So what is the history of Chilton County?
0: Chilton County was what's been called a Reconstruction County. It was formed during the Reconstruction years after the Civil War. And there were quite a few formed then for various reasons. December of 1868 is when the legislature passed uh, the law that formed Baker County at the time. Mr. Alfred Baker was a local landowner, state representative, and he pushed through the formation of this county out of parts of mainly three other counties. And uh, the courthouse was built at a place called Grantville, which today and even back then really didn't exist. Uh, It it was created solely for the purpose of a courthouse for the new county. And pretty soon, less than a year, that log courthouse was burned. Some say suspiciously, but it was burned. And by 1871, they were voting on the location of a new courthouse, which turns out to be Clanton, and has been ever since. One last bit, in 1874, Baker had fallen out of favor locally, and the county name was changed in the legislature from Baker to Chilton. Mr. Chilton was a Justice of the Alabama State Supreme Court okay. and other uh, notable
1: accomplishments. What a time that must have been, huh? I'm sure it was tumultuous, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Why would the legislature choose to form counties as part of Reconstruction?
0: Well, the history back of that, and I'm not an expert in that particular section of time, but, you know, it was all, literally, the southern states were under military rule. The ruling governor was military, although they elected a civilian governor, too. The the simple reason, I guess, is the distance to the courthouse. And if you have very large counties and you're traveling by foot or on horseback, Going to register your deed or get a marriage license it was a one- or two-day affair All right, to go to the courthouse that was 70 miles away.
1: That would have been a big deal back then, because it would have been horses, right?
0: Right, it, or worse, on foot or mules. Yeah, it was uh, low travel
1: okay. and poor roads. Was Clanton always Clanton, and was it formed specifically as the—you you said there was another town— that was originally the county seat. When did Clanton, what's the history of Clanton?
0: The little spot in the road of Grantville is where they built the log courthouse. And best as I can tell, that was just a crossroads. The main north and south road and a main road going east to west was at that spot. That's where they built the log courthouse. Very shortly, literally within two years, they finished the main north and south railroad. That was to the west about five miles. Well, the railroads, of course, are major community builders. So the community that sprung up around that had been called Goose Pond for a long time, and it really was a very tiny spot as well. Well, they changed the name from Goose Pond to Clanton, named after the train station, which was named by the l and N Railroad or the South and North Alabama Railroad at the time. And it was named after another lawyer, in Montgomery, named Clanton. It was named that right before he was actually murdered in Nashville. So it wasn't posthumously, but it was uh, happened to be that way, actually, anyway. Wow. And Clanton, the whole property area, when Mr. Baker had the county formed in Montgomery by the legislature, Mr. Baker owned vast amounts of property in the area that is now Clanton. Practically the whole city, the mm-hmm. town area. And he Soon after the county was formed, he had an architect or a surveyor, and they laid out the streets and and such. And he he began to give away church spots, public building spots, and sell lots for other people. And so as soon as they moved the county seat there, and it was on the railroad, and the train started running, Clanton really took off as the the central spot in the county and the, the biggest town.
1: Nice. Very nice. I know it's a great-looking town. I encourage everybody, all the listeners, to go and look at Clanton on your favorite maps website. It's just a real nice town.
0: The, the buildings in the center of town are brick, and those were built in, most of them, around 1901, when there were two major fires in the town that burned most of the wooden stores. Mm. And everything was built back in brick around 1901, 02.
1: Fantastic. What's the history of your historical society, the Chilton County Historical Society?
0: I don't, don't, there are not really any records of any real early things, but it was incorporated and formed officially in 1981, which I guess is a fairly long time ago now. Uh, It was formed by a bunch of uh, very active, historically minded people, a lot of genealogy people. a, A second cousin of mine was very active in it. And they had several major projects at the time when they got started, uh, including the saving of the old newspapers. They, they had been, for some reason, a lot of them had been removed from the courthouse to be stored in the uh, National Guard armory. And apparently conditions were pretty bad. Some of them were wet. They were, uh, they had to throw away a, a few of them, but they teamed up with the local county library. And and stored them there and formed a genealogical or historical reading room in the local library. Okay,
1: so is that still in place today? That reading room?
0: It is basically the most all of the books that pertain specifically to Chilton County. They have copies of there in the research area, and uh, they have microfilm of some of the old newspapers and other older documents, censuses and things, which. Today, a lot of that is done online, but there is a computer there can be used to do some research as well.
1: Oh, very mm-hmm. cool! So you were formed in 1981, and people started donating artifacts. Or how did it form? It was just formed because to save the newspapers, right?
0: Well, that and the the major and like I say, I was not involved. I wasn't even living in, in the town at that time. I had moved away. But actually, the college at that point. But around 1980, late 70s through the first few years of the 80s, they conducted a major project of of forming or writing a Chilton County cemetery census that listed all the graves by name in in the whole county. And it's a major book, and it uh, was a huge work. And that was another one of their early projects. I don't know which came first or which was most important at the time. But uh, those are the two big deals that came out of the first few years of their existence.
1: That's very cool. Well, thank you, Derek, for that. I'd like to provide listeners with the contact information for the Society. Listeners, you can contact the Society on the web at Chilton County Historical Society.org. They're on Facebook, of course, as Chilton County Historical Society. You can mail them at PO Box 644 Clanton. Clanton, Alabama 35046-0644. You can email them at president at Society dot org. Great society. Hey Derek, can you provide the audience with an overview of the communities you serve there in the county, the variety of your membership, and the mission and objectives of your society?
0: Certainly. As its name, the Chilton County Historical Society, we serve basically the whole county. The county has two large towns, Clanton and Jemison, which has grown a lot lately. And then there's probably four smaller towns, Thorsby, Maplesville, Isabella, Verbena. And there are many, many other communities which maybe have a crossroads, a gas station maybe, or a, a small store, but historically have had a name and a community consciousness. Our membership is small, but it is nationwide, and it mostly consists of county residents or former county residents who have maybe moved off to other states. The mission is basically simply stated as we're dedicated to preserving the history of Chilton County.
1: Okay, thank you for that.
0: But I would Im- imagine about a third of our membership is probably out of state. The rest, another third, maybe not in Chilton County, and probably a third in Chilton County, and those those are just guesses. But I think that's the rough makeup. There may be more in Chilton County than that, but it's that's close.
1: That's a pretty good mix.
0: Right, I think a lot of those people that are out of state, I believe, are from the county or have family that was from the county.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing place because you just you don't think about, or at least I haven't. Maybe it's just me, but I never think about the fact that Alabama, you know, Chilton County, Alabama, has a pretty good climate, you know, is a beautiful town. It's a nice place to be.
0: Yes, it is. And for those that travel the interstates, you you might recognize us by the big peach tower. We're right in the center of the state. And a few years ago, they built that peach tower to serve Clanton's water supply. And um, a lot of people know us as the place where the big peach is.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they look forward to coming to Chilton County and Clanton every year for the Peach Festival.
0: Yes, and on the interstate, a lot of people just to and from the beach, they'll stop to get their peaches on the way home.
1: What do you mean by the beach?
0: <laughs> well, Alabama does have some nice beaches uh, down on the Gulf. Yeah. But also the panhandle of Florida is directly below it, so it's 65 is uh, a pipeline to the beach.
1: Okay. How long does it take to get to the beach?
0: From here, maybe three to four hours, depending which area you're going to.
1: Well, that's not bad at all. Not bad it's at all. It's close from Philadelphia. I lived in Arizona in Phoenix previously, and it was six hours to get to the Pacific Ocean. Mm. And we didn't think that was too bad. So three right, to four, right. not bad at all. How did you become the president of the society? How did that all happen?
0: <clears throat> well, very, very quickly on that. I went to College in the early '80s, and went off out of out of town. Worked for ten years out of out of state. When I I got interested in genealogy before my uh, daughter was born, but probably thirty something years ago. now. And when I came back to town to form an internet service provider we had at the time, I got interested in uh, the genealogy, and I started collecting old photos, and, and continued doing that until my interest expanded to photos of the town and the area and the county and, and got more and more broad of an interest in history. And by about, I think it was 2016 or 2015, the president resigned and they elected a new one and I was elected. I already had a few, actually, an unfortunate year, I think a couple of years before that, when a lot of the officers, the active officers from the first generation, a lot of them passed away. Oh. And it was another president and then me in about 2016.
1: So you have a lot of old photographs that you picked up.
0: Right. Uh, you know, I've been collecting them from the family members, or a lot of them are, are scanned, you know, um, I have a lot of computer scans of many, many things. And then I started collecting photos for the from the local area, Clanton, Forsby has a lot of photos. They were Forsby was formed a bunch of uh, Scandinavians end of the 1890s, and they were uh, very sophisticated, and they took a lot of photos and things. Most of the other towns have very few pictures of, around, so Flanton and Thorsby have lots. So, yeah, I do have lots, tens of thousands of scans, at least. Wow,
1: and you said Thorsby was formed by Scandinavians I noticed that on the events calendar for the county there's a Swedish festival I think in Thorsby that's right, okay
0: some years ago they they formed a they, they joined with a sister town in Sweden, I believe, and they formed the festival and they've had it every year since for maybe ten to twenty years now. I don't know the date it started but the yeah, town cool. itself, the name Thorsby comes from it, it either comes from the man who led it was Mr. Thorson or from Maybe it's named after Thor, but either way, it's uh, the Scandinavian
1: Very cool so what's coming up on the horizon for your society? Where are you headed next?
0: that's a good question. We are in the middle of a couple of big projects, or well one major project, and after that, uh, we really would like to gain some new blood into the society and get get some new ideas, some fresh ideas, look at some more online options maybe in the, things like that. I think that's where we're going to have to go if it's going to survive, given the changing demographics. You know, the society members are older,
1: and we're going to need to work on some new blood in the society. Okay. And maybe some of the leadership.
0: Right. We, we do need leadership. We need, we need some new officers. I think we have a couple of vacancies right now that we need to, to fill in the officers.
1: What's the major project you mentioned?
0: We currently are working to have all of our old historical newspapers digitized and put online free of charge for for research purposes or whatever purposes you might want to look through them. We have, to date, digitized up through about 1937. And that includes 10 different newspapers and uh, includes about 70 years of those different newspapers um, publication years. so uh, it's quite a lot already online and we want to bring it on up into the more in the modern age at least into the 60s and uh, further if we can get you know permission from the newspapers um, on up as, as soon as we can or to as, as recent as we can assuming uh, you know copyright permission and funding.
1: Right. Are you working with newspaper dot com or or the other one, uh, newspaper? No, archive? we're working with
0: archive.org. Oh, okay. Newspapers dot com does have a lot of the union banner papers online, but they're like I said, they're up to ten of uh, ten papers, uh, historically and they don't have any of the others.
1: Wow, that is a big effort.
0: Right. And uh there <laughs> It's a physical effort. Those books are big and heavy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so,
1: holy cow! And that's like everyday newspaper for what do you say, fifty years?
0: Yeah, we've gone up through 1937, and the earliest one is 1877 that we have a copy of. Oh my gosh! So, um, and then of course we want to bring them on up into the at least into the 1960s. I think there's no copyright issues. It's 1963. Then after that, we will need to work with the newspapers for permission. Wow,
1: that is quite – have you got a lot of volunteers working on that?
0: Just a couple. It's mostly me, and, and we're, we're having the archive.org people do the actual you know, digitization. So we're not physically doing the digitization. Our part basically consists of sorting through them, organizing, doing some repair maybe, and shipping them.
1: Well, repair as in with tape or something? Uh, yes, there were
0: a few single copies of certain years and issues that were, you know, badly damaged porn. And um, I put a lot of those together with tape. Wow, so, what a big it, job.
1: Holy cow. Now, what do you do? Most you some of them are in
0: surprisingly box? good condition, but some of them are not.
1: What do you do then? Put them in a box and ship them to archive?
0: Yes. Ship them to archive.org, and they they have the big cameras and all the equipment to to actually go through them and digitize.
1: Right, right.
0: In the process, they besides digitizing, they turn them into you know PDFs and everything else, and they're all searched They become searchable based on you know the OCR optical character recognition kind of software they use. Wow. And then it looks like any other archive.org document. And if you can find them. Our website has a link to them all. But if you go to archive.org, you can find them basically by searching for the Chilton County Historical Society, uh, and it'll pull up, you know, the list of things we've published there. Wow,
1: well, you'll be able to find your own ancestors in those newspapers.
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> There's lots of them.
1: That's got to be cool.
0: Wow. It is. And, it, you know, before, with the search, computer search, it's nice and quick and easy. Before, it'd be turning through page, reading every page, because there's no, if you've got just a big, big old paper book.
1: Right, right.
0: you got to go page by page. You might have a date you're looking for, but otherwise, you're at the mercy of turning pages.
1: Well, that's fantastic, Derek. Can you tell us a couple of funny or interesting stories from your society's history? Well, I can could
0: tell you one of the county's history that's fairly uh, amusing it's the, it happened in Clanton late in the 1800s. I think in those days there was a lot of uh, flim flam artists, snake oil salesmen, those sorts of things. And the newspapers suddenly get really full about a, a, a hot well in South Town where you could go and bathe in these warm waters pumped out of a well and it basically would heal anything that ailed you. So um, this went on for a couple, several years. And of course, there always were people that doubted the source of the hot spring or the hot well. And they finally pumped. <laughs> the guy was going to prove that it was real. And he, they had all the water pumped out and they found a exhaust. Pipe coming from the nearby sawmill
1: oh, no.
0: boiler that was heating the well water. So <laughs> I believe the water was pulled from the well, run through the steam engine, and then pumped back to the well Yeah, to complete the cycle. But um, it, it, it was uh, pretty amusing. He, the man had sold property around there. He built buildings. He was selling the water. It was uh, quite the undertaking for about two or three years.
1: How embarrassing! <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh! And to build your business on it and then have it just collapse. Oh my gosh! Oh, right.
0: and well, he had sold you know sold several lots to Montgomery developers who were building hotels there. And it was, it was a...
1: do you have other hot springs in the area? No, <laughs>
0: okay far okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which is. Uh, <clears throat> That's what makes it kind of funny is there's really not anything like that here. There are mineral springs. Okay. You know, mineral water, that kind of thing, but nothing heated. Right.
1: And mineral water just means there's like sulfur in the water or something?
0: Yeah, different different minerals. There actually was another location from the as early as the late 1800s through that had a was called uh, mineral springs it's actually the location area over the years going back to the early 1900s there have been resorts or um, sanatoriums or whatever you would call it ho- hotel or whatever there so you could bathe in those mineral waters i mean and that it was real that was it really was mineral infused water how much good it did you i don't know but, but water was really, And my understanding is any, any time now there's a company going to start bottling that water. You know, you can buy water in the store now and you can buy spring water, mineral water, distilled water. You know, most of the water you get is just tap water that they've run through filters. But uh, those other types of waters are available and I do understand they have a an agreement for, with some large distributors to sell the water. I don't know any of the details since uh, they started working on it about a year ago.
1: Oh, my. Wow, that's going to be pretty cool. I think it will. I hope to get some of that water in the future.
0: Right, and I don't. I'm apologize. I don't have the name of the, the company in front of me.
1: Well, it'd probably change anyway by the time they go public.
0: Right, but it's going to be something like Mineral Springs, because that's the name of the community. Nice.
1: So what kind of funding model supports your society and what are your funding goals? Society
0: generally runs basically off the membership fee. And on a normal cycle, that would just basically pay for the newsletter and things like that. So you don't have a lot of expenses normally, so the membership fee model is sufficient. When we do run a project like this newspaper project that that has actual significant costs, then we, we have to do a donation campaign and raise money that way. So basically, we, we do memberships routinely and then donations for projects.
1: Okay. And are you bringing people together in, like, community dinners, pancake breakfasts, or something like that for that purpose?
0: The main thing that we've done is to speak at the local organizations the local civic groups, churches, church groups, and other other groups that meet regularly and do community service, and that's been pretty beneficial. Also, we got some significant funding from uh, the local. We still have two local newspapers, and both of them have contributed significantly. Nice. The Chilton County News is a locally owned paper, and the Central Alabama Advertiser, It's been here a very, very long time, but it's owned by a regional, larger company, Boone Newspapers, and Mr. Boone contributed significantly to the project.
1: Fantastic. Are you getting donations from the public?
0: Yes, many donations from the public. So we're very thankful for that, and we continue to get them regularly. So that's uh, the main ongoing source is from the public.
1: Okay. Are you getting any county, city, or government funding at all?
0: I've not gotten that yet. We've had sufficient going forward with our current efforts and I probably pursue that as we you know come around to the next next group of papers that we have to prepare.
1: Okay. Derek, I hate to interrupt, but it's time for our first break for a few minutes. Okay. All right, listeners, we'll be right back after these important words.
0: We'll be right back to Preservation Oaks with Sean Thomas Radcliffe
1: after these important messages. can you experience hundreds of years of history in a single day? At the Chilton County Historical Society. You will find something for everyone at the Chilton County Historical Society. For hours, admissions, membership, and volunteer opportunities, visit their website at chiltoncountyhistoricalsociety.org. The society is currently seeking donations to digitize over 100 years of the county's newspapers and they're also really in need of a building to call their home. They are seeking someone to donate a building for them to use. If you can help, please email president at chiltoncountyhistoricalsociety.org. Thank you.
0: It's time for Preservation Oaks, Book Shorts. Book Shorts is a segment of the program where we quickly introduce listeners to authors and books which satisfy your love of history and genealogy, help you with your own research, and finally help you improve the depth and wisdom of your unique family story.
1: On this installment of Book Shorts, we're very pleased to be joined by author Joy Neal Kidney to provide listeners with an overview of her books. Joy's books fall into the category of non-fiction books that provide insights into ancestors' lives and the places they lived. I especially like history books that allow the reader to step back in time, which these books clearly do. These books can add depth to understanding and telling your own family history. Joy Neal Kidney is an Iowa author who grew up on an Iowa farm. With God's help, Joy is aging gratefully, Living with fibromyalgia for two dozen years has given her plenty of homebound days to write blog posts and books. Listeners, I want you to know that this isn't just any non-fiction teller of stories. Joy was recognized and presented with the 2021 Great American Storyteller Award, quote, honoring the woman who most beautifully tells the story of America to Americans, unquote. This award was given by our American Stories organization and WHO News Radio 1040. You can visit Joy's website at joynealkidney.com. Joy has three books, the first being Leora's Letters, the story of love and loss for an Iowa family during World War II. There were five brothers that went to World War II, only two came home. Leora's Letters, the story of love and loss for an Iowa family during World War II, tells the story of the five Wilson brothers who are featured on the Dallas County Freedom Rock at Minburn, Iowa. Leora was their mother, and it was Joy's grandmother. The second book is Leora's Dexter Stories, The Scarcity Years of the Great Depression. The undertow of the Great Depression becomes poignantly personal as we experience the travails of Leora and Clabe Wilson, a displaced Iowa farm family. Gritty determination fuels this family's journey of loss and hope a reflection of what many American families endured during those challenging times. In this true story, the Wilsons slowly slide into unemployment and poverty. Leora must find ways to keep her dreams alive while making a haven for her flock of seven children in one rundown house after another. The third book is called Leora's Early Years, Guthrie County Roots. It's the third book in the Leora story series. Okay, Joy, welcome to the program.
2: Well, thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. I'd like to say how awesome your books are. The cool thing about these books is they tell a story about the past that anybody researching family history can immediately benefit from. These books can enhance their understanding of the times and the lives of their ancestors, and that information can really assist them in telling their own family stories and might actually lead them to explore new threads of research. Can you give listeners an overview of your books? Well, that World War II book,
2: it had to be told because of the losses of the three brothers. But what it has done when people read it is they start telling me stories of their World War II relatives. You know, I just wanted to write a book. I didn't realize the connections they were going to make. The second one is called Leora's Dexter Stories, The Scarcity Years of the Great Depression. I'm just amazed at how many. I gave a talk last week and people told their Great depression stories. I was amazed. I do research in what's out there. So many of the depression stories have to do with the Okies and the going to California or. They are farm families. My dad was a farm family during that time. I never heard him talk about being worried about what to eat. And my Depression era story even talks about when they had possum for supper. And at first, my mother said, Oh, don't tell them that. And I said, Mom, your family did what they had to do to survive. They had the seven children. The new book, The Early Years, actually goes into when Leora was born, 1890. I discovered that her grandparents were some of the very first settlers in Guthrie County, Iowa at the time. Mm-hmm. I was not an old state. I think we became a state in 1846. And these ancestors came into that section of Iowa in, as early as 1854. So the beginning of it sketches early Iowa, early Guthrie County, and just what it was like to grow up during those years. Eventually, I'll probably do the rest of them. The next one is actually going to be the research I did to find out what happened
1: to those three brothers during World War II. Where can people get a copy of your book? What's the best Well, climate? they
2: are self-published through Amazon on KDP. But if you would like an autographed copy, we have an indie bookstore here in Des Moines called Beaverdale Books. The phone number is 515-279-5400, and they will ship them. So, that's a nice connection to be able to also benefit an indie bookstore.
1: Joy, I'd like to thank you for your time today and for your great books, for your great stories. Listeners, pick up a copy of these excellent books. They have real-life, true information that can help you shape your family history. So thank you, Joy, for being a guest on Book Shorts. And
2: thank you, Sean, for inviting me.
1: Good luck with your new book entitled Leora's Early Years, Guthrie County Roots. You come back anytime, okay?
2: Okay, thank you.
1: All right, bye-bye. <laughs> And now, back to Preservation Oak. Welcome back to Preservation Oaks. I'm your host, Sean Thomas Radcliffe, and we're here today with Derek Scott from the Chilton County Historical Society located in the great state of Alabama in Clanton, Alabama. Welcome back, Derek. Thank you. Glad to be back. We were talking about fundraising and funding model. What kinds of fundraising activities or opportunities does the society offer?
0: Well, we mainly do the two things, the membership fees, and then donations. The memberships, we do have several levels, but mainly the individual membership's $10 a year. And then if you want to do a family membership with several people, 15, and students are five. So there there's several levels. We also offer a lifetime for a, a significant donation or payment. But individuals, $10 a year is the main, main membership.
1: That is very reasonable. What kind of outreach and education does the society undertake within the community?
0: We have four meetings a year. They're usually educational with a speaker on some historical subject. That's at once a quarter, January, April, July, and October. And uh, we meet at the local uh, Senior Connection. It's an organization for the older adults, and we use their building. We, we participate in a couple of the Local festivals, usually with a booth, informational booth. The Peach Festival is the big one. It's usually toward the end of June. And the Swedish Fest is the other one, which is in Thorpe. I think it's the second Saturday in October. I think is their normal date.
1: Fantastic. Now, you guys don't have currently a society building, a physical location for the society.
0: Right, we do not have a facility. We have the library space which has some research, you know, books and things and the newspapers and we have our meetings at the Senior Connection, but we do not have our own office or building or museum or anything like that.
1: Is that something you're you're looking to do?
0: Well, I think a lot of us would like to have that, but with funding and the size of our society and everything, we'd be looking for something to be donated. Over the years, there have been a couple of efforts. There was a work with the Chamber of Commerce. There was a museum set up for a while. It eventually was disassembled and things. And we get donations occasionally, usually documents or photos. Occasionally, it's something of a more physical item type nature. There are very few of those. And we just basically hold on to those for some future date when we can have a, a place to display them. Yeah.
1: Boy, that'd be so nice for you. Oh, man. It would. That'd be great to have. Now, you mentioned publishing a newsletter. How often is that published?
0: It comes out right before our meeting every quarter. And it basically has one or two articles of the historical nature of the county and uh, other information of what we're doing, what's going on.
1: Okay. What's that newsletter called?
0: The Chilconian. Chilconian. Wow, what a name. Chilconian. The older issues are available on the website, but the more current ones are not.
1: Okay. Very cool. So you get the newsletter as part of your membership, right?
0: That's right. That's one of, if not the major benefit of membership.
1: Okay. And do you print that or do you send it digitally? It's
0: a print. It's print.
1: Okay. So in the newsletter, that's how you keep the community informed about the progress of the society in achieving its annual goals?
0: That's right. That's the main thing. That, but that's mainly for the membership. When we have things to report to the community at large, we go through our two local papers, and that's the Clanton Advertiser and the Children's Family. They're both local papers and uh, printed here.
1: Okay. Very cool. You mentioned you have a research center and maybe an archive in the local library. Do your volunteers man that?
0: It is not manned. Of course, there are people at the library, the library, but it's not historical society members or volunteers. It's just openly available to anyone who, who goes in there. I believe you have to sign in, but that's all.
1: Okay. Very cool. It's open to anyone. But people that... <laughs> contact you that want genealogical family history type of help you would refer them to the library
0: uh no the library does not do any of the research if you need research done you can contact the society me or something with your questions and uh, if if we're able to we will we will look it up for you nothing major not made we don't have a group that does major research for people okay But if you need to see an entry out of a book that's only available, perhaps, in the library here, we can do that.
1: Okay. Now, does your society capture oral interviews from county residents that are elder?
0: We have done a few, or especially I've done a few personally. And I would be glad to do them for anybody that would would volunteer to, to do those. But we do not have a program to actively pursue that.
1: Got it. Okay. Now, what kinds of volunteer opportunities, besides the newspapers, do you have other opportunities if someone wants to volunteer?
0: We don't really have a list of opportunities like that. We have a few projects that, you know, if we had some volunteers, we could do. But mainly, it's related to the the big projects we're doing, which is the newspaper at present.
1: Do your volunteers or does your society do like tours of the downtown area, or old building tours, or any of those kind of things?
0: We have done a few cemetery tours at Halloween, usually pairing with the Chamber of Commerce and things like that in the schools. There have been occasional tours of homes or things like that, but it's not a routine.
1: So you mentioned books earlier, that you have books for sale. What kinds of books does your society have for sale?
0: Well, the list is on the website, and it basically is for the most part books that our society members have written or compiled. The older one that is still particularly variable is the cemetery census. It's out of print, but we can provide the pdf on on you know on d v d or something c d so um, it, it's still available. There's several county histories that have been written over the years that we have for sale, and then there's uh The other major work done by the Society several years ago is a compilation of Civil War soldiers in the county and a short bio and little genealogical paragraph of each one.
1: Nice.
0: And um, then we have other books that are more recent that have been done by local authors on other subjects. One's mostly a a picture, a compilation, things like that. One's a northern count, northern uh information i'm sorry and the other one is information on some northern families of the county
1: okay and i know that's all available on your website i have to mention that on your website you have a huge amount of articles historical articles that you have written i think you could pull those together and make a book yourself
0: <laughs> yes but I do have a lot. That, as I go through some of these subject matters and accumulate information, I tend to put it together in a document and, and print, uh, produce a PDF of it so that um, it's largely for my benefit, so I can find the information again later. But I did start publishing those on the website. They're freely available. They're just two, three, four, five-page documents on a particular subject. And there's, there's quite a lot of them now. I haven't counted, them.
1: Yeah, I think there was probably 30 to 50, somewhere in there.
0: There may be, and now that you mentioned it, I probably need to go update them and put some more out there. So.
1: Oh, great. That's got to be great reading for everybody in the county. I hope that the newspaper knows about it and can let people know.
0: I think they do, and I do get comments from all around people on the Internet who've been looking at the website. There's also some older material on there that was done previously that's still available concerning churches and cemeteries and things. I mean.
1: Hey, you have some nice churches in Clanton, big churches, and then one small white one. I can't remember what that one is, but big churches. In
0: church. town, you're probably talking about the Episcopal Church.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the two, the large Methodist and large Baptist church, and then many others.
1: But Yeah, nice place. So what is available besides the books that you can see the historical articles what else is available on your society's website
0: Well we have a lot of links to some research areas including the, the newspaper archives and the the other online references that aren't physically on our website but they're reachable through our website and then there's areas to see the status of our current projects and the ability to donate to those projects if you want to. And they can donate, and that page works through a button that goes through PayPal, and then the other donation areas would be the Facebook page, which goes through the Facebook process, and then, of course, you can always send a check to the address given at the website.
1: Yep, and you're on Facebook, so you're posting on there, and people can see and, and be a part of your organization, you know, and follow your organization just on Facebook.
0: Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. there's a Facebook page. It's the Chilton County Historical Society. There are several local Facebook groups pertaining to Clanton. There's one for Thorsty Jemison, Those are the main ones. There's a couple others, I believe, around, and those. With Facebook's latest uh, changes, those are private groups. So you have to request to be a member and and then you can, you know, then you can see what's in there. The changes in Facebook policies uh, used to, you could see the pages, but you didn't have to be a member. Right. But now, unless you want to make it completely public, you you have to be a member, which being a member is just a matter of us, of you applying and us approving.
1: Okay. Fantastic. Listeners, I want to give Uh, the uh, contact information of the Chilton County Historical Society once again. Their website is chiltoncountyhistoricalsociety.org. You can find them on Facebook as Chilton County Historical Society. You can mail them at P.O. Box 644 Clanton, Alabama, 350460644. And you can email them at president at ChiltonCountyHistoricalSociety dot That all sound good.
0: That sounds good. That's right.
1: You've got Facebook, and you can donate. I've not seen that before, where you can donate straight from the Facebook page. That's a nice thing. For nonprofits,
0: Facebook has actually a good deal. They they don't take any percentage out of your donations, whereas most places take a one, two, three percent out for the credit card fees. Right. So Facebook is absorbing those.
1: That's very cool. Now, I know we've got new strains coming out of COVID in China. It appears that there's new strains coming out. In the United States, we seem to have things pretty much under control. At least I think we do. How did COVID impact your society and the county? Well, as
0: far as the society goes, it had a pretty significant impact because our society is largely older members. Which was the, the vulnerable, most vulnerable population for COVID. So we erred on the side of the uh, extra conservative and we didn't have meetings. I don't believe we had any meetings in 2020. I'd have to go look, but I may have had one. So we, we didn't have any meetings. And with our membership, the online options were limited because a lot of them don't have modern computers or ways to do Zoom calls or whatever you might use. Right. But it did have an impact in 2020. In 2021, it started opening back up, and we did have some meetings in 21. And the Senior Connection Center we use is very large and very open, and they had their rules that they used for COVID, and we abided by those. And so um, 2021 and now 2022 were pretty normal as far as our meetings and things go. So, Thank goodness. Across the county, there were probably the most notable thing. Across the county was the, the Clanton mayor, who was in his 80s, contacted COVID and died from it that, that year. I think oh, man. 2020. I believe. So that, it did have an impact on the political structure of the county, the city,
1: Clanton. That's terrible news that you lost the mayor of Clanton, right? Right. So Derek, what's your thoughts about how best to keep history and community support flourishing for the current generation, the K through 12 kids?
0: Well, that's always a problem, I believe, for history. Younger people just don't generally seem to have an interest in history. It seems to come as you get older. So keeping the young folks engaged is difficult. And technology has, I believe, made that more difficult because they're uh, very much more technical than the older groups who form, for example, our society. There's a very large generational difference between those. So I I think we'll have to go more with more technology, be more online, be more virtual, do things online, much more online meetings and events and um, putting more information for online research and, and references. So, I I think that's it. I think we'll have to do more outreach into the, at least the high schools, if not earlier, to try to find those history teachers, historical societies, and and keep those people interested after they graduate.
1: Yeah. Do you do any work with like 4 H groups or boy or girl scouts?
0: Uh, We have not done any of that lately.
1: Okay. So Derek, why is the society important to the community and what makes your society different or unique from others?
0: Well, I think we're important because we, we form a repository of historical knowledge, especially the live, the older adult individual memory knowledge. We have a good group of people who basically remember many things going back for 70 years or more. And there also have been or are still active researchers and they know lots and lots of details of what happened. But so we have a repository of local historical knowledge. A lot of the local stuff is not covered by your school history classes, your history books, those things. That's a larger scale history. You know, people that people have specific questions about this building or that building or this bridge or the name of the street. Those things are not going to be covered in any history book right. you might have in school. So I think that's where we we have uh, importance and, and some relevance. In.
1: Derek, is there any other information or message you'd like the community or members to know about?
0: Just know we have our meetings. They're quarterly. They're open and free to anyone to attend. Any everybody's welcome, and we're always accepting volunteers or people that want to participate in any of our current projects or proposed new project. This year is the 150th anniversary of our first Methodist church in Clinton, so I prepared a, a talk for that. Uh,
1: That's very cool.
0: For both our meeting and for, for some church groups.
1: Yeah, you seem to be a great historian for the area. Are there any other historians that you work with?
0: Yes, there's a, a good many people that are very, very knowledgeable, more knowledgeable than me in many, most areas. So yes, there are. Quite a few, and most of them come to our meetings.
1: Okay, fantastic. Now it's just a matter of rounding all those people up, corralling them and saying, let's get a physical location.
0: Right, and you'll know, uh, if you look at the website, there are several books that are by local people, and those people, they're they're new books within the last four or five years. Those people are some of the experts in their areas in in Chilton County. Some of them have specific interests, and uh, others are more general, but they're they're great sources of
1: information. Oh, fantastic. Now, Derek, reflecting just a bit, how do you think your members, the people of the community, your volunteers, think about the society in terms of benefit and value?
0: I think generally the community views our society in a, in a positive light. They see us as a, a source to, to go get answers to specific questions, maybe to have a speaker for, for a certain subject matter, uh, preserving the history and the knowledge of the history of the area. And I believe the members see us as a valuable organization where they can come and talk about history and subjects that interest them, and very often they'll find other members are just as interested in that particular subject and maybe know more than they do about it. So it's uh, very useful to come together and discuss common interests.
1: Thank you very much for that. Derek, I just want to thank you for being a guest on the program, for spending time with us. I've learned a lot about Chilton County, Alabama. I've learned a lot about your society, and hopefully we have let listeners know and the community know what they can do to help. And I'm really glad to meet you. Thank you.
0: Thanks for having me, Sean. I've enjoyed it.
1: And with that, we'll end our time with our guest, Derek Scott, the president of the Chilton County Historical Society in the great state of Alabama and located in Clanton, Alabama. Listeners, please stay tuned for my comments and wrap-up, which is coming up next.
2: that feeling of wonder when you learn something fascinating about the past for the very first time the Chilton County Historical Society is bringing the past back to life their goal is to celebrate the rich history and culture of Chilton County be a part of the action by volunteering and supporting the Chilton County Historical Society it's well worth your time and attention visit ChiltonCountyHistoricalSociety.org and learn more about this valuable local nonprofit organization donate Join, volunteer, and become a member today.
1: Hello, this is Sean Thomas. If you have a society in your area, then please support them with your volunteer time and funding. The more support they have, the more they can benefit the community in terms of providing records for family research and education for the public and students in grades K through 12. With adequate funding, the society can stand up a museum or sponsor historical and fun events in order to tell the historical story of the area and its inhabitants. Maintaining a society makes a huge difference in a community. Please don't wait. Show your support for your local historical or genealogical society today. They preserve our heritage and culture for existing and future children of all ages. Thank you.
2: The best thing about Preservation Oaks is that you get history instantly, right when you want it. Listeners of Preservation Oaks learn how they can experience unlimited fun and knowledge at their local museums, cultural and heritage institutions, historical and genealogical societies across the United States. All that for a single low-cost annual membership. Now that's high value. If you're not already a member or a volunteer, then be sure to get it done today.
3: Know you'll drive when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from main plate to tail lights. New from the front. New from the side. New from the rear. Only Edsel has the sleek, clean line design that sets it apart from the Follett cars, and it combines new looks. With the newest V8 engines in the world, the big new Edsel 400, and the power Pack Edsel 475. It is unlikely you have ever driven a car with so much real, usable power as the Edsel. And with Edsel's exclusive TeleTouch drive, you drive more safely, more easily than you ever have before. Because both hands can stay at the wheel while the Edsel shifts electrically. There's even the added luxury of new Edsel air suspension. That's just like riding on air, because you are. And remember, of all the medium-priced cars, car for car, across the board, the 1958 Edsel is the one that's new and the lowest priced, too. So see your Edsel dealer.
1: Nine out of ten curators agree. Preservation Oaks is the best podcast on the internet. And now, back to Preservation Oaks. And we're back. What an excellent historical society you all have in Chilton County, Alabama. Emerging from COVID and in an attempt to regain their momentum, the Chilton County Historical Society, under the leadership of President Derek Scott, is out to finish their county newspaper digitization project and to grow the membership and leadership of the society. The society needs some total rock star volunteers, specifically to help write grants for the society. This is a must-have, so please, if you can help, jump in there. They also need people to serve in leadership positions, so please, if you're a professional out there and you think you can help, please jump in. Then there's a need for college-level people and beyond to assist in getting the society set up with the latest technology with regard to computers, video and audio production, and using digital media. The society needs people with an educational background to develop and implement a curriculum focused on keeping younger folks engaged throughout their time in grades K through 12. They need people who like to do oral interviews, YouTube, Facebook, and other social media platforms, in order to relay the news of the society, to educate the residents of the county, and to promote the society. They need people good at marketing and working with people, those who can organize and complete fun and entertaining fundraising events and as soon as the residents of the county provide a facility for the society's permanent home, they're gonna need people to donate artifacts and to help creating and implementing exhibits. Every county has people who have lived in the county for generations and who have wonderful historical artifacts of all types that they like to donate, so these can be protected and properly preserved for generations to come. Those families and individuals who have emigrated away from the county may still have artifacts they'd like to donate under the protection of the County Historical Society. However, right now the Chilton County Historical Society can't accept many artifacts because your Chilton County Historical Society needs a building to call their home. They need someone to donate the building. And after that, depending upon the condition of the building, they're going to need volunteers in the construction business to donate electrical, carpentry, painters, roofers, and other trades in order to get the building fit for purpose and most essentially climate-controlled and weatherproof. The society can then start collecting artifacts from the local community to put on display and to hold and protect for the future. If the building is large enough, There can be an exhibits area and places for school-aged children to do projects and attend educational events. There can be a media room where historians and other professionals and members of the society can come to present topics of interest to the community. Derek and the society are going to need people who can help write grants. This is important for the future of the society. Those currently providing educational services, health care, social assistance, financial assistance, insurance, real estate, public administration, and other professions are needed to volunteer in order to help grow the society into the future for the citizens of the county and their children. The historical research and the articles written by Derek Scott and others could each make up a separate exhibit within the exhibit space. They tell the story of Chilton County, one topic at a time. You're certainly lucky to have Derek as your society's president, as well as the many local authors who write the history books, and also the Genealogical Society in Thorson, if they're still active, I'm not sure. A quote from Derek. People have specific questions about this building, or that building, or this bridge, or the name of a street. Those things are not going to be covered in any school history book. I think that's where the society has an important relevance in the community. The society is supported 100% by donations and volunteers. Please help support the Chilton County Historical Society today. Derek reviewed the funding and fundraising particulars of the society, their current priorities and challenges, so you know where the funds are going and that they'll go for your future and the future of your children in the county. Once again, the contact information for the Society, their website is ChiltonCountyHistoricalSociety.org. You can find them on Facebook as Chilton County Historical Society. You can send them mail to P.O. Box 644, Clanton, Alabama, 35046-0644. You can email them at president at org. Now, there were a thousand questions I could have asked Derek during our time together, but I didn't in the interest of time. If questions occur to you and you'd like more information, please connect with the Society via the contact information provided. If you're a listener in the area the Society serves and you're not already donating and or a member, please consider joining and supporting today. I hope this information helps the audience understand how valuable the Society is to Chilton County and what kinds of excellent services they have to offer to their members and the public. The Chilton County Historical Society is truly one of our preservation oaks. Okay, that's a wrap for this episode. Music used today is from Matt Steiner, the Great Northern Sound Society, John Bateman, Scott Holmes, and Cymbalbird. Microstream Radio is a registered trademark. You can visit us at www.microstreamradio.com. This broadcast is owned and copyrighted by MicroStream Radio. It cannot be rebroadcast, downloaded, copied, or used anywhere without the written permission of MicroStream Radio. Thanks to everyone for listening. This is Sean Thomas Radcliffe. We'll see you all next time on Preservation Oaks.